1: Welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi, Leslie's executive producer. I'll be with you for the next two hours from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, noon to 2 p.m. Pacific. And uh, I will be talking about none other than Justice Antonin Scalia, who passed away of natural causes. It's been deemed natural causes by authorities this past Saturday in Texas, as most all of you know. And we will be discussing more so the... Uh, Effects of that uh, on our country's Supreme Court political system, and pretty much as far reaching as you can imagine um, as far as how it's going to affect things in the country, uh, whichever way things go. And even if there's a stalemate, it's uh, affecting the uh, issues such as immigration, abortion, uh, birth control, unions. Redistricting um, uh, Affirmative Action and uh, Climate Change, as so eloquently uh, written by our first guest, Ian Milheiser, who is a senior constitutional policy analyst at the Center for American Progress and the editor of Think Progress Justice. His book is called Injustices, the Supreme Court's Nearly Unbroken History of Comforting the Comfortable and Afflicting the Afflicted. Ian, welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. It's a pleasure to have you on today. It's great to be here. Thank you so much absolutely so uh ian i i was laughing today because i uh obviously i heard you on, on leslie's show yesterday and i like to listen to uh, a lot of different radio and i i thought you did a great job today when you're on the stephanie miller show and all i could imagine was poor ian just this whole week having his cell phone just plugged into the wall and being like chained to the wall
0: <laughs> you, you 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 have no idea in fact if i get cut off i apologize it's because i'm not sure how much battery i have i
1: have left no no worries no worries we'll take what we can get um obviously a very uh, wanted man and uh you know it was funny because i had uh asked my producer to get ian on the show uh i think it was friday or thursday or friday um and we had booked you so you were already scheduled to be on today because i wanted to talk about the implications of you know if a supreme court justice you know was to be replaced before the end of president obama's term and i was thinking you know ruth bader ginsburg maybe if she decided to retire for instance I thought, yeah, okay, you know, then the president would actually, you know, at least replace a liberal justice and, you know, go through the process. Man, I guess I was completely wrong about how things would play out if if a justice needed to be replaced. Now, obviously, she wouldn't have been a, she wouldn't have been a swing vote like Scalia is, you know, some critics would say. But um, you know, for those of you who have been sleeping under a rock, uh, Mitch McConnell, hours uh, after the uh, passing of Antonin Scalia, uh, made the unprecedented statement of basically uh, saying that he would reject any nomination that the president put forward without even knowing who the person is um and uh you know that has been talked about a lot but what hasn't received as much attention uh which it looks like is is going to be what's happening is what happens if the court stays at four four uh four liberals and four well three three hard conservatives one soft conservative with with anthony kennedy um what is going to happen uh on key issues in america because people think oh just you know everything will stay the same and that's not the case is it ian
0: No, I I mean the the rule the ordinary rule when you have a four four court is that the lower court's orders stand for what the Supreme Court, uh, whatever they say in that case, it's as, if it, it's as if they never took the case in the first place, because there's no real decision out of the Supreme Court. So that can lead to a circumstance where if lower court orders stand because the Supreme Court can't resolve them, you can have conflicting orders from different courts that govern different regions of the country. Um, you know, there's a case in front of the court, this term called uh, Zubik that deals with birth control. The question is whether or not a woman's boss gets to decide if that woman gets a health plan that covers birth control or not. Um, most courts have said, of course your boss doesn't get to make that choice for you. But uh, the Eighth Circuit, which covers Arkansas and Minnesota and Iowa and a few other states, has said that, uh, actually, no, you, your your boss does get to make that choice for you. So you could be in Arkansas, And you have less rights than if you cross the border into Texas. Um, Thanks, uh, you know, if we wind up having an evenly divided court. There's a lot of potential for confusion here.
1: Well, you know, that's, I I think, actually a very good uh, example to give as to, you know, as if some people didn't need to understand why we need to have, you know, nine Supreme Court justices. I think that's probably the best example to show the chaos um, that probably will start to to ensue. Um, It looks like that's going to happen. Um, And a point that you brought up uh, today when I was listening to you on the air like i said on the stephanie miller show is there's really no indication that you know if republicans you know quote unquote run out the clock um in the rest of president obama's term that if there's another democratic president you know hillary clinton or bernie sanders and the democrats don't have a filibuster proof majority that why would they all of a sudden you know change their stance now things can change obviously if they get their you know butts kicked and they barely have uh, you know, the Democrats barely are, are, you know, don't have a filibuster-proof majority. The Republicans might feel compelled to, you know, confirm someone, uh, you know, who might be considered moderate. But that's, that's you know, far a ways away, but I think it's still a very interesting point that you brought up because it's um, it, it affects what happens now, looking into the future like that. Now, um, some of the other cases that you wrote about uh, that I encourage people to check out your piece, uh, which is called... The simply breathtaking consequences of Justice Scalia's death. Um, always, you can check out Ian's pieces at ThinkProgress.org. Um, he writes a lot on different issues. Um, right now, like I said, I think he's probably not getting a lot of sleep and not seeing his cell phone battery go above about fifteen percent. But um, another thing, which I thought you you mentioned today, um, which I thought was interesting, was you said that you know you spent most of your time reporting, you know, just kind of being nervous as to what's the next right that that the Supreme Court is going to take away from Americans to the last you know few days since Saturday a whole realm of different things that you've been thinking and writing about so just tell me you know real briefly before we get more into the issues what what has that experience been like for you the last few days
0: yeah I don't know how to feel the way I feel right now I I mean I was thinking about this like when was the last time that I wasn't really aware of the Supreme Court and, like, the impact it's having on, the, uh, on my life. And I think that was the day before Bush v. Gore. Like, the day before Bush v. Gore was the last point in my life where, like, there wasn't some part of my brain that, was, that I was worrying about what, what the Supreme Court might do to me next. Oh, you know, what they might do to the country next. And now, you know, it's an evenly divided court. Uh, You know, depending on what happens in the Senate, what happens in the next election, we could have a liberal court for the first time in a very long time. Um, And I don't know what to do with that part of my brain anymore. Like, it doesn't know how to be happy about things. Um, But, you know, the, the notion. That like, I could look at the docket of the cases that the Supreme Court's gonna hear in a given term and be excited about the good that could come of it instead of just hoping that all the bad things that might happen don't happen. You know, that, that's not an experience that I've ever had. That's not an experience that, uh, you know, many, uh, at least many liberals alive today have ever had.
1: And Ian, doesn't that, I mean, I think you've just laid out perfectly why, I mean, why the argument for why people should get to the polls this November, regardless of who wins the the Democratic um, primary, because we, for the first time, uh, you know, I think you had written since something like, you know, the the late 70s have an opportunity to have a, a liberal court. And the thing is. I see in a lot of potential areas where we could be gaining rights or expanding rights versus having rights taken away from us, Um, you know, one example would be voting rights. So, I mean, how how could a liberal court affect voting rights besides, obviously, you know, the Voting Rights Act was taken away from us. What could a liberal court do? Would it just potentially get it back or potentially strengthen it? And how would that affect, you know, Americans?
0: Right. So, I mean, here's what probably happens. If Obama or Clinton or Sanders gets to replace Justice Scalia, first of all, Citizens United is gone.
1: So oh, say uh, that one more time for me. Yes, yeah, Citizens United. Oh, is gone. That's like my dream. You understand? That is my one single. If I could pick one issue on, on all of them, and, I, and some people may disagree with me, that's the one I would pick.
0: Well, and, that, and that's just the beginning. I mean, well, there's a good chance we get the voting rights that act back. There's a good chance that partisan gerrymandering is declared unconstitutional. So you don't have these crazy states like, you know, in Ohio, where Obama wins the state in a presidential election, but Republicans get three-quarters of, of, of the House seats. Um, you know that's probably going to be the, there's a good chance that that's going to be declared. Un- well, And
1: before you go any further, which that's exactly why Democrats don't even if they did have, a, quote unquote, a, a big wave election where they, right. um, you know, got control, wrestled control of the Senate back. There's just I mean, no one in their right mind would tell you that Democrats have any chance of retaking the House this year, even if they had a really strong election. And really, that is because of the gerrymandering, isn't it, Ian?
0: I mean, it's gerrymandering, it's also geography. I I mean, part of the problem
1: is that Democrats tend to live clustered together into
0: cities, and uh, Republicans tend to live more spread out in in suburbs and in rural areas. And so there are ways to draw maps that are fair maps, that where Democrats and Republicans get equal representation You do pie slices that take a part of the city and a part of the suburbs and a part of the outlying areas, but not, maps aren't always drawn that way. So, it, you know, it's a combination of several things, but certainly gerrymandering doesn't help. The fact we don't have a voting rights act doesn't help. The fact we have all this money coming into our elections doesn't help. The fact that uh, you have all these voter suppression laws, I mean, that's the the other thing. Voter ID is gone, most likely, if, um, if Scalia is replaced by, by a Democratic president. And that just talked about what can happen in the voting rights space.
1: I mean that um, that's the thing. It's you yeah. go to that first because obviously it affects so many other things. But there's many other areas that this can affect. Before we go any further, I want to take a quick break because that's the nature of radio, as you know, because you've been such a you know you've been all over the radio the last few days. So we're going to take a quick break. Let Ian get some water, maybe take a nap in the next four minutes. Uh, if you want to give us a call and talk with Ian, we've only got him for one more segment. He's a uh, one of the brightest minds I've I've read uh, and spoken to uh, in the area of our Supreme Court. Um, you know we have people. People who have called the show and said they 've read his book three times over, uh, I mean the guy is a wealth of knowledge, and obviously this is a great time to have him on the show, so um, only one more segment if you want to give us a call um, you're more than welcome to ask Ian any questions uh, about the Supreme Court right now, which is obviously top of mind for most Americans who are paying attention uh, to our system of politics and elections. So the number to do so is eight 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 six leslie that 's eight 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 six five three seven five four three This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall. if you want to. Follow Ian on Twitter, which you can find where he'll post most of his pieces and uh, some other uh, interesting views. You can do so at i Milheiser, That's i m i l l h i s e r, and that is on Twitter. We will be right back with Ian Milheiser of Think Progress.
0: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Eight 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 six Leslie.
1: Back to the Leslie Marshall show, the only place where we combine red hot chili peppers and Supreme Court justice talk that I know of, anyway. Uh, This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall, who will be back at 5 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, uh, you are stuck with me, but good news we have Ian Milheiser, who is uh, working for Think Progress, and you can check out his work at thinkprogress.org. He's a senior constitutional policy analyst at Center for American Progress, and the editor of the Think Progress Justice. Uh, Also, Ian, I wanted to bring up – a actually, I'm going to let our caller bring up this next topic because I think it was something that you kind of described – your feelings about what was possible now that Justice uh, you know, Scalia uh, had passed, there was a vacancy that could potentially be filled by um, a liberal Supreme Court justice and swing the court. But there was also, also some other feelings that I think a lot of people went through. And honestly, they didn't really know how to process because you don't want to feel happy that someone died i mean i don't know how else to say it but you see how many decisions he made that really negatively affected people's lives so it was i think just a very confusing kind of emotional time for a lot of us who cover this um and i think some uh some forms of media handled it better than others um and i wanted to get a caller on um reggie from georgia who wanted to kind of express his thoughts on that reggie go ahead
0: Happy Tuesday to you, Mark, and you too. You get Ian Mealhizer too. I heard him on the Stephanie Miller show as well as the Nicole Sandler show too.
1: He's great. He's 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 like I said. he's all over the place. He's dedicated, baby. So Reggie, go ahead with your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I would just like to say that I'm glad that you, Leslie, Andrew, and Ian, along with Nicole and Stephanie, didn't make fun or light of somebody's past, whether you liked them or not, or whether you agree with him or not. Or because no. we're better than that, we shouldn't stoop down to there to that level. 'Cause I don't know if anybody
1: else did that or not. No, but. and you know, I, I didn't I think it's a very good point, Reggie, and you know, I think that you know, some people have brought up about how some on the right, you know, had made light of when Ted Kennedy passed away and, you know, made jokes out of it. You know, not any mean um You know, people in power on the Republican Party, but, you know, many people on the the right wing media, you know, I heard some very controversial things. Now, granted, you know, you can't be responsible for everyone who agrees with you politically and what they say. That said, I want to talk more about um, and thank you for your call, Reggie, Ian, uh, the process of kind of going through it for you where you've you, you heard the news. And I think, honestly, I mean, I the first thing I thought was. That's really sad that somebody passed away, but almost instantly my brain went to, okay, how does this affect our country and, you know, the 300-plus million people in it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I will admit, given what I do for a living, that the first thought that went through my head is, well, there goes Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, but, True. You know, but after, but after that, I, I mean, look, I, I, I wish that Scalia had had a long and fruitful retirement. Uh, you, you know, the, 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 the fact that he was not a particularly good judge does not mean that that he deserves to die. And, yeah, I mean, we, we should not wish death upon our, our, our political foes. Um, that said, there is now a vacancy on the Supreme Court. And what happens to that vacancy is going to decide whether we still have Citizens United. It's going to decide, and it's also going to decide whether we still have Roe v. Wade.
1: That's very I true, I mean, you saw um, the interview with uh I think it was Bjork um, about what he would have done to roe v Wade uh if if he right. was uh appointed by Reagan before Kennedy ended up being appointed in our in our last minute here Ian, I want to talk about. Uh, the last thing that um, Justice Scalia did of meaning on the court, which was to issue um, a delay in the president's climate change ruling, uh, how is that going to be affected if there is a four to four court? You wrote about that in right. your piece, but could you give us a quick summary of that, please?
0: Sure. So, I mean, sadly, one of Scalia's final acts on Earth may have been to doom the Earth. Um, this is this. The Clean Power Plan is the most ambitious thing that President Obama has done. <laughs> On climate change, um, and in his last week uh, on the court, Scalia gave the fifth vote in order to temporarily suspend the green power plan. Now, the terms of the suspension are that uh, it lasts until a lower court decides whether or not the plan is legal, and then until the Supreme Court decides whether or not they intend to take the case. Um, so, if it's still a four-to-four court, it takes. Five votes to strike the plan down, had five votes to extend that stay. So the most important thing is making sure that that lower court, the DC Circuit, upholds the plan. So if they split five to four, or four to four, it means that that lower court decision will stand. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, in, in, for the time being, And possibly for, you know, as much as a year or so from now, um, the fate of that, you know, the the fate of that plan is unclear, and with it, potentially the fate of the Earth.
1: Ian, thank you so much. I'm sorry we're out of time. Thank you for joining us. Check out Ian Milheiser. Follow him at Twitter, at iMilheiser. This is Mark Romaldi with The Leslie Marshall Show. We'll be right back.